wife in nothing to say but what a day how's your boy been well if it's a disney movie he's probably been bumped off 877-337-66 it's true the boy's okay it's you i'd worry about you good morning everybody how we doing let's go on this fine glorious tuesday where our baseball teams have fully reported. Everybody's there, and we got our first glimpse. If you're a Yankee fan, all right, not in the pinstripes just yet. He's in a generational Juan Soto shirt, but Juan Soto has arrived. The savior of the New York Yankees, destined to bring us number 28. Please let that be true. Juan Soto in camp talking about everything you want to hear. Sure, I know. What is he supposed to say, Chris? That he hates it here? I get it. He's excited. The 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 Latin community here in New York. Uh you know, he's he's spoken to Robinson Cano, his childhood hero, the guy he he followed the most when he was a kid, loved Robinson Cano. He's talked to him about his time in New York. And you know what even more so probably I would think is his time after New York. And because I don't think it, I mean he had some decent seasons there in Seattle, but they didn't win. It didn't finish well for him. I would think that he probably rused the day on some level. I'm sure not you know, when he looks at his paycheck or his bank account, maybe not. But the Yankees would have paid him something close. They just weren't going to go to the 270. But I think on some level, he might have a little bit of perspective on the idea of, hey, you sure you want to leave? Just think about it before you take every last penny. Because I could tell you, I took every last penny and went to Seattle and it did not suit me. I would have been better off staying in New York Yankee. I might be on my way to the Hall of Fame. So we got to see our first glimpse of Juan Soto. Looking forward to actually getting some, you know, good video of him taking some at bats. And, of course, we got our first view of Stanton, who, again, I I think the old cliche of everyone shows up in the best uh, shape of their lives is not fair to put on Giancarlo Stanton because the man has always been in the best shape of any of our lives, that's for sure. I mean, the guy has been an absolute Adonis. Uh, he probably has zero body fat on him. I'm not even sure how he did this transformation, but if you look at him and you see the pictures of him standing next to Judge, he has dramatically changed the way he he is physically. And all under the guise of trying to become leaner and trying to become a little bit more flexible and trying to stay healthy. And for me, for, for one, I respect the hell out of this guy. I got to be honest. I know I say this a lot, and it's absolutely true. I respect the hell out of Giancarlo Stanton. And for the exact reasons he mentioned yesterday are the same reasons why, you know, aren't good enough. Like the same things I love him for, he doesn't care about. And he's 100% right, but I still love him even more for it. He's not, you know, he was quoted today saying, I'm not paid to be a stand-up guy. I'm not paid to stand up here and say, no, listen, it's unacceptable, my injuries and this and that. That's not why I'm here for. I'm not, I don't deserve a pat on the back for being a stand-up guy. I have to produce. And clearly he did not like the comments from Brian Cashman, who uh, kind of at the start of this offseason said that injuries are a part of his game. That clearly pissed him off. He was asked about that. He said, Cashman knows how I feel about those comments. And he dramatically changed how he is physically. And he says there's going to be changes to his batting stance and swing, and I'll be interested to see what they are. But looking at a picture of him right now, as I'm watching the, you know, the Yes Network here, he looks dramatically different. 
And if he can stay healthy, and and more, I understand that right now the fan base is is just completely turned off by him, and I get it. He had one ninety one, and that's when he's healthy, and he's missed a miser- he's missed a ton of time. And I understand why guys like BT and different Yankee fans just want him jettisoned, and they think that's the best. And you know that's that's the only thing good for this team. You got to get rid of Stanton. And while they may end up being right, I'm still willing because the in my mind, if John Carlos Stanton can find himself again, Soto. Judge Stanton are devastating middle of the lineup. That's a devastating middle of the lineup. And this has been a guy who's been their most clutch player since he's been here. And it's not just the postseason. It's big games late in the season. My favorite moment, really, of the last handful of years is 2021 when he hits that grand slam in Fenway to beat the Red Sox as they were trying to battle for that wild card spot. Like, he, he carried them down the stretch of that season. He went in, in 2018, Judge missed some time his first year uh, with the Yankees uh, for Stanton, and he stepped in and played with a shoulder injury and still hit 30-plus home runs. Like He has been clutch for this team when he's been on the field. And if he can stay healthy, and he's going to have to produce early because there are, there are plenty of options to go without him if he does struggle. He won't be, he won't be jettisoned. He won't be cut, not at the price tag that he carries, but he can be benched, and he can be a platoon player. But that's not what's best for this team. What's best for this team is Giancarlo Stanton, healthy and producing. And right now, you love the vibes you get from him. It's a, it's a day in. I called it overreaction Tuesday for a reason. I'm having fun. I'm overreacting. But you know what? What we've seen so far has been really positive. Right? You like, I'm sorry, I get pumped up easily. Guilty as charged. But I look at Rodon and the way he looks and throwing 97 miles an hour, and I feel better about one of the, if not the biggest linchpin of the entire season. Because they desperately need, as there are you know, rumors every day, oh, Snell this, and Snell wants to be a Yankee, and Snell's willing to take this type of contract, and the Yankees are still monitoring the situation, and they offered him a new deal. It's on the table. Like, all that's, I don't buy for a second Snell is coming here. Not for a second. I'm on the record. Snell is not going to be a Yankee. They are not paying Snell the amount of money that he's going that it's going to cost to get him here year one. They're not paying $70, $80 million to bring Snell here. It's never going to happen. And with the luxury tax, they pay 110% on any dollar they spend this year. So even if it's a short-term deal for big money, like everybody seems to think, how does that work? You're going to pay him $40 million for a one-year deal and pay $84 million? I just, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine doling out $84 million for a year of Blake Snell. I can't. And put 44 of it back in the other team's pockets who are trying to beat you? I just, I don't think the Yankees will do it. It's going to have to be some long, drawn-out contract with, like, I just, they had their chance to sign Snell they offered him a contract. He said no. They immediately pivoted and got Stroman. That was the end of that. Then Burns got traded. That was the end of that. I don't think they're adding another pitcher. The biggest piece of this team is Carlos Rodon, and so far he looks like a guy pissed off. He looks like a guy embarrassed, and he looks like a guy who worked his tail off and is already throwing 97 miles an hour. And if he is what he was a couple years ago, this team has a completely different feel to it. And if him and Stanton are what they were a couple of years ago, then all the people who like to tell you who are in Boris's pocket, 
who are out there writing stories about how the Yankees aren't there yet. They need this. They need that. Because Super Agent is, you know, whispering in their ear, we need the Yankees involved. We need the Yankees involved. Well, they can all go stick it because this team is good enough to compete for a championship. And this team is good enough to bring home 28. That's right. 877-337-6666. And the Mets unveiled their new big piece as well as Harrison Bader was there. I'm sorry, was that jerkish? Was I being a jerk there? I apologize. But Harrison Bader is in camp. And what it does do is bolster their defense, and that's what, you know, this new David Stearns, they're going to pitch and they're going to play defense. At least in the bullpen they might pitch. I'm not sure about the rotation. But that defensive outfield, as long as Marte is back and healthy, and really you forget what a contributor. I mean, it's been a year, but you forget what a contributor he was to that 101-win team a couple years ago and how important he can be to this team. And the difference he is in the lineup and and in the outfield defense. And, you know, as this team really looks forward and the talk of this camp and the talk of this team right now is what do they do with Pete Alonso? Unfortunately, that's a much bigger story. And whether or not they're going to go sign Juan Soto in the offseason, that's a much bigger story than the 2024 Mets season. And that's apparently the way, uh, you know, this new uh, president of baseball operations, Stearns, wants it, and the way apparently this billionaire owner in Steve Cohen wants it. Yeah, it's not how I would want it. It's not how I wanted it. I'm smart. Like everybody says, I'm dumb, I'm smart. And in my smart opinion, the Mets are passing up on 2024, and I don't get it. And I'll say it again. I'll keep screaming it. Uh, since we're opening up the baseball season, we're opening up the baseball talk a little bit as we wait for the Rangers and Islanders to get back on the ice after the, the tremendous stadium series and see how they react to the gut punch that it was the Islander loss and the triumph that was the Ranger victory and see how they get their uh, seasons back on track as we wait for the Knicks to get back on the court, as we wait now for the new Kevin Ollie-led Brooklyn Nets as you know, Jacques Vaughn was sent packing as we wait for them to get back on the court, as we wait for our hockey teams to get back on the ice later tonight. Baseball was front and center today. And so I will continue to say, let Pete Alonzo go to free agency and go get Jordan Montgomery if you're the Mets. It makes no sense not to. Go get him. You need another pitcher in this rotation. He's not... He doesn't have a pick attached to him. That's the other thing about Snell. It's a second and a fifth round pick considering where they are, both for both teams if they wanted to sign Snell, but really the Yankees are the focus. You know, that's a second and fifth round pick with where they are with the luxury tax thresholds, with the qualifying offer. Montgomery doesn't have a qualifying offer. He's 31. He just transformed himself into one of the better pitchers in the league and one of the more proven postseason pitchers in the league who's pitched in New York, and he doesn't impact your plan of building. Go give yourself a season. Go get Jordan Montgomery's out there. Everyone, oh, the billionaire doesn't get a billionaire by making stupid decisions. No. He becomes a billionaire by pouncing on good ones. And right now, the market is completely collapsed on this guy. It was a fait accompli. He was going to the Rangers. Now it doesn't sound that way. Who knows where he's going? The market is completely falling apart. Go in there. Make him an offer. See what he, maybe he'll come. And hopefully they are. Maybe they are working behind the scenes. But Montgomery is a perfect fit for the Mets. Go get him. 
You don't have to worry about filling how many rotation spots next year. Why don't you fill one right now and not worry about it? Why don't you do something that impacts this year? That's what I'd like to see. 877-337-6666. We also talked about movies that make you cry. Don't ask me why. We just did. All right? If you missed it, you missed it. Sometimes in life, you just you miss a moment, you miss it. Now, I'm not telling you why we're talking about it. We're just going to talk about it. Sam and Wachong, what's up, Sam? Good morning, Chris. Good morning, sir. How are we? Okay. Okay, let's get down to breath tax. Always have a great show. I have to say that. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, now, I have I have a, a movie, a Yankee point, and a Nick point. Okay? And I have it, and... and you talk about so many things while I'm waiting, and you make me want to talk about all them. Well, good. That's the that's the uh, the gist of it. So please bring them all. Gotcha. It's four twenty in the morning. Where are we going? Get yeah, list okay. them all. I haven't had a big rib in years. Okay. Good for I you. I was a big fan. It was okay. You know, it was like you know, it, it seemed like it needed a bone in there. You know, but yeah. uh, <laughs> well, that's the, the you would expect that if it was real meat. Right. That too. But I like the roll. The top, the top part of the roll is really good. But let, let me get to my point. The okay? top part of the roll. All right, go okay. ahead. Tell me, Sam. All right. Do you, do you ever listen to uh, Emmanuel Barbie or uh, Emmanuel Babari? Of course, I of course I listen to Emmanuel Babari. Who doesn't? Well, did you hear what he said about the Knicks? Um. He, he remind me. No, I didn't. I didn't hear what Emmanuel. With all, listen. With all the injuries that. Thibodeau can't run them, you know, to the ground because they're all hurt. <laughs> but as they all come back, they're going to have a super team to get through the playoffs. Now, I saw you go up on them. Okay. My Yankee point. <sighs> sure. Before I answer your question, I am here, very excited about the season. But I, I always hit, like one minute you think they're going to get another pitcher, but like you said, there's no way they're going to pay that money. No way. You know, and and the, and the movie. Did you ever see Without a Trace with Judd Hirsch? No, but I think you're the second person to bring it up. I did not see it, no. I did not see it. You're the second person to mention it, though. I, I got to go back and, and watch it. But let me answer a couple of your questions, as you were just determined to spit them out as, as fast as you could. So let's go back and try and retract. That's my reverse talk. Jim Carrey taught me that. Um, he does it much better, though. The uh, pupil has not over the the grasshopper has not taken over the uh, pupil. Um, yeah, no, I, the McRib is disgusting. For that's the first thing you said. I, I I'm not a big fan at all, uh, not at all. Uh, and the Knicks, I guess, if the point is, is that they're better served being injured with fresh legs. That you know, in the meantime, they've not been run into the ground by Coach Tibbs. That's a really strong take on on Tibbs and his coaching staff. If you really feel like they'll be better off rested over these next few months. The problem is, well, where will the Knicks be? Uh, I would have rather had them healthy and have a better chance at have a three or a two seed and make the first couple rounds a little bit easier on them. But ultimately, they'll probably have to beat the Celtics one way or another. What's the difference? What round it is? Uh, I guess there's there's an argument to be made for such things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. We'll see. Thankfully, it is, you know, both Ananobi and um, Randall are arm injuries. So they should be able to keep their legs. They should be able to, you know, keep their um, stamina. They should be able to, you know, have an easy transition back. It shouldn't take too long once they're healthy to come back and then be able to play the minutes. So they, they should keep their conditioning up while they're gone. But 
we'll see. It's going to take some time to gel, too, because they do have two other pieces uh, now with uh, Bogdanovich and Burks. So they're going to have to figure that all out as well. So, yeah. But my problem is, okay, great. Yes, those two guys are going to be gone. Mitchell Robinson's going to be gone for all this time. He comes back. Okay, great. They're all they're fresh, and they haven't been run into the ground by Tibbs. But what have the role players done? And, and make no mistake, whatever we think of Brunson and whatever we think of Randall, and whether we want to call them superstars or not, they're not going to be the best superstars on the court. The reason we all have confidence this team may be able to get to an Eastern Conference Finals and the reason we think this team may be able to do something special and the reason we have confidence that this team could surprise us and could surprise the NBA in the Eastern Conference is because of their depth. It's because of their depth. It's because of the different pieces. It's because of how they work as a unit. That's why. And if their depth is run into the ground, while the stars are away, or while the main role piece, while the main pieces are away, in the name of just trying to hang on to a playoff spot or get as many wins as you can, well, it doesn't matter when the when the big time players come back because they're not good enough alone. They need DiVincenzo at his best. They need Hartenstein at his best. You know, they're going to need Burks being able to run that second unit, and certainly, obviously, you can't run Brunson into the ground while you're trying to save, well, you know, time with Randall and Ananobi. So, like, all of the pieces that are here are just as important as the pieces that are in here right now. And so, sure, yeah, a couple of guys are going to be able to get be off their feet for a month and, yeah, save them from the, the horrible head coach who runs them into the ground. Well, what happens in the meantime to the guys on the floor who are every bit as important because it's going to take the full seven or eight guys to get through the Eastern Conference Finals because that's the difference between them and the other teams, the depth. Ross and Suffern, what's up, Ross? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The top of the bun. I mean, oh my God. That's uh, it. Yeah, no, the McRib is awful. I do like the tops of the bun, though. If the they top just, of the bun. If they the just, the if they just sold satellites. the If they just sold the bun top, I'd be there. Right. Give sure. me, give me, give me a shamrock shake and a, a McRib bun top. The top of the bun. All right. the, yeah, top of the bun to you. The top of the morning to you. Uh, so, two, two movies. That's it. I just, you know, first time caller saying hello. Uh, great show. Doing a great job. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you very much. I may have missed them earlier when I was sleeping and woke up, but uh, number one is uh, uh, Castaway. When he loses Wilson, my God, I was watching that by myself. You, you know, know, whatever, you know a movie is good if they make you cry, if it makes you cry when, when an inanimate object an inanimate goes object. missing. That's, that's, that is they pretty good. They nailed it on that. Boy, that, is, that's a, that's a, that is a good job, no doubt. And then the other one is not necessarily, you know, bringing me to hysterics or anything, mm-hmm. but the end of Stand By Me uh, is is really unmatched. I mean, someone mentioned Glory. That one is just, yeah. uh, almost as equally as disturbing. But yeah. uh, Stand By Me, you know, you're going through. It's a story about kids. There's doo-wop and everything's cool. We solve the mystery of the body at the end. Yeah. And then he comes over the narration and says... This guy got married. He went to the army, lost his way. This yeah. guy got married, and my best friend walked in, broke up a fight, got stabbed in the neck, and died almost. And he goes and runs out to the kids out in the yeah. with the, You know, yeah. my dad's weird. You know, I, I mean, I saw that with my dad yeah. when I was maybe that's Stephen 12 King. years old or that's, something. That's Stephen King for you. I mean, that's... that's no the, doubt. But, um... 
Yes. Stand By Me is a great movie. I haven't seen that in a while. I haven't seen that in a while. Now it's... I, f- I forget what the original title is. It's not the... I, th- I forget who the director was. Was it Carl Reiner? I don't know, but the story goes that the name of the movie and the name... I think it's called The Body. It's in a... It's, 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 in a, it's a Stephen King series of short stories. Um, and The Body is one of them. I think so is Shawshank Redemption. Uh, is one of the Stephen King short stories that were turned into a movie. Anyway, it's called The Body. And they called the movie Stand By Me because Kiefer Sutherland was teaching River Phoenix how to play Stand By Me on the guitar. And the director heard it and changed the movie title to Stand By Me. It's one of those happy accidents that happen along the way while you're making greatness. Much like me deciding to make movies uh, that make you cry a subject of the show. Who knew it would turn out to be one of the great radio programs we've ever heard here on The Fan? Who knew? It's one of those happy accidents. You mention a perfect world with, with Kevin Costner and how it makes you cry in the end, and next thing you know, Radio Gold. Who knew? Taking up half of my Yankee hot stove with, with movies that make you cry. I only get an hour of this Yankee hot stove. It's all I get. And I'm taking it away by, you know, stories about Stand By Me. But it's all in the name of Excellent Radio. You know how I do. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Y'all know me. 433. Look at that. I got bars. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with the overnights. I got you for another half hour or so until the warm-up show. Lepresti's in the building. And they got you at 5, followed by, obviously, the morning show, midday, and Tiki and Evan, or Evan and Tiki, excuse me. And the look is getting really bad now, because now Evan's hair, it's one thing is the beard, right? You know the beard is going to be hideous after a while, or uncomfortable for him for sure. But now the hair has gotten to a point where he doesn't know what to do with it. And he's kind of just like sort of combing it over with a little bit of like the upward thing in the very front. And I just think he's going to get to a point where he's just lost with his hair. He's not going to know what to do. He might end up with a man bun. Yeah, he might end like if I were to talk to him, my suggestion would be to gel it up a little bit more and then just kind of comb it up and back. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's what he should do. When it's that long like that, when it's really getting long, just up and back, put a little bit of gel in it, have it firm that way. Because I just, right now, the oh, the comb over with just a little bit of up in the front, you know, it's fine when the hair is short, but when you're going to get long like that, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I still can't believe he lost the, because he's been playing pickleball for a while. He allowed Sean Morass to just, like, parachute in and beat him at pickleball. I mean, that's... It, and it's, he lost to Sean. It's not like he lost to Tiki. No, of course. Well, of course. No. Tiki. Like if he, Evan could have been practicing forever. All no, right, right. Exactly. Uh, Borderline yeah. Hall of Fame. No, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's like a, a professional uh, pickleball player that he's been playing in leagues, but him and his... Apparently, he like joined this new fancy gym, and this goes back to my time with him, so we're talking about six, seven months at the at least, probably a year now. He's the new fancy gym with pickleball courts. That's and probably where they were in the video. Sean play pickleball? No, never. Right. I mean, I'm not even sure he can open up a pickle jar. To be quite honest with you, he probably needs his wife's help. 
And he, and he swoops in and beats him in pickleball. Evan's been playing pickleball for a year. Embarrassing. With that beard on the line, too? I'm very surprised. I thought for sure that was going to be an Evan victory. I don't know why he plays with no shoes. He does weird things, that guy. His book is out. I didn't mention that. The 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 infamous, um, my, the Met, my Met Bible. 30 years of scoring Met games. Well, let me get the, uh, I'll get the title right before we uh, end the show. But that's been a project in the works for a long time. Many a time I walk back to Evan's office as he's writing blurbs for his book. Looking forward to getting a signed copy of that and not having to pay for it. Thank you, Evan. But congratulations. I think it's going to be a success, man. I really do. It's a, interest, it's a funny thing, and he's a maniac with it. I scored the games, too, to be honest. And I, I've mentioned this before. I started doing it to you know get real for a second. Can I get real with you for a moment? When my father passed away, I was going through some of his stuff. And he had a, a, a notebook. You know, he fancied himself as a musician. He really wasn't. You know, he, you know, he worked security for... Uh... Anyway. So, but he fancied himself as a musician. He had keyboards in the house. He played guitar a little bit. And so I found this book with, like, these half-written kind of, you know, songs, if you want to call it that. Some lyrics written down, poems, different things. He was a child of the 60s, man. So he had some different things. And just to have a book with his handwriting. And he had some notes written in it. And so, like, have a book with his handwriting, his thought process... I I I treasure them. I I I like the idea that I have some of his personal writings and and stuff. So that was the idea for me scoring the Yankee games. I did it. I started in 2017, the first year of my son being born, my oldest son. And so I like I documented like things we did early on. He was born in uh, in uh, July uh, in June, excuse me. So like the beginning parts of the season, as we went to the doctor today. You blah, 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 you mom says you kick today. You know. In the in the uh, in the uh, ever obvious uh, case of me uh, my demise, he'll have a couple books with my handwritten thoughts and different things. Like I, that's that's kind of how I started scoring the books and scoring the Yankee games, and I still do it to this day. I still don't write notes every time. Sometimes I forget, but I try and write little things about what we did or what's going on in the world or in life, so that one day when I'm dead, when I'm long gone. They can look back and see what an idiot I was. And they'll know. They'll know me. 877-337-6666. Evan just did it because he's a nutcase and he loves baseball. But I'm right there with him. And baseball's back, baby. And Maury, tonight is your night, bro. Yo, tonight is your night, bro. And it's funny you say that, what you just said. I leave notes all over the my daughter's like in a room, like in mm-hmm. front of a jacket, you know, have a great day. I love you. If I make a sandwich, sometimes I throw it in there, wrap it around there. Hey, have a great day. I love you. Stay positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about movies. You just said that the, the worst movie where tissue boxes were left in the movie theater was called My Life with Michael Keaton. And what he did was he was dying and he made videos for his kids. Yeah. Out of shade. When you, you know, I'm not going to be here when you get your first blah, blah, blah. Here's right. what you do. You want to cry. That's yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that movie. Yeah, I do. Oh, why don't you just... I got to go check it out. What? What? I mean, but like, I, honestly, this was a weird topic. Because I, I did it, now I'm like, I'm making me sad, all these movies. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm crying. In this, in I, the I don't want to cry, Maury. What I, else you got? You got I, any Yankee stuff? Oh, of course. So uh, one other movie you got to see, and it was, it was many years ago, called The Champ. You got to wake up, Champ. You got to wake up, champ. 
don't know, but uh, you ever you ever hear that movie? No, the Camp? I have not. Nor have I heard Ricky, that impression. Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. I know. Kid. I know who Ricky Schroeder is. All right, take a look at that. You want to cry? I saw my uncle Frank cry. He never cries. He's tough as nails. Yeah, like man. You make Uncle said, Frank I, cry. You did something. Uh, exactly. Okay. So it sounds like we're in the Snell uh, game potentially. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think so. What do you think it, about that? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance the Yankees sign him. No, no, no. So, again. 100%. Well, Maury, to, uh, appreciate it tonight. As you and I, bro, it is not Snell's night. Not for the Yankees. I just don't see it. Again, for a myriad of reasons. One, what they have to give up to get him. Right now, they are at the, the again, they are at the tax threshold where every dollar they spend from this moment on has a 110% tax. And the idea of a couple days ago of Bob Nightingale talking about a different type of contract, a short-term deal, there is no way they're giving him a high-value deal this coming season say they want to give him a one say he takes a one year he'll take a one year deal if you give him 40 million dollars that's 84 million dollars the yankees will play to have pay to have snell pitch for their team this year and they just saw what you know first of all the guy's been kind of inconsistent as great as he's been in but you know sandwiched in between the two Cy Young years have been kind of average years what if, what if you get a bad year from snell like you just got from rondon Rodon, who you gave $160 million to, you want to pay $80 million and half of that to go in the pockets of the teams that are trying to beat you? I, I, I just I can't imagine the Yankees doing that. So forget the short-term deal. It makes zero sense. They are not paying $80 million to have Snell pitch for their team. Makes no sense. Done. So now you talk about long-term deals. Where maybe, I mean, if he's willing to take like some, like that, like if he would do something like, and would they want to do eight years, nine years, and have a $20 million a year? Give them $180 million for eight years? I, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. I don't know if he, he'd be willing to do that or, or put them, you know, obviously do the Otani thing and, and push the money back a bunch of years. I don't think he'd be in, into doing that. And then never mind the fact that because of where they are on the tax threshold and the idea that he's got the qualifying offer attached to him, it's going to be a second pick and a fifth-round pick. And so that's why the short-term even worse you're going to pay $80 million for one year, and you're going to give up a second and fifth round pick? That's absolutely out of the question. I don't see it. I do not see it. They had a chance to pay him money before they gave $18 million a year to Stroman. If they were going to pay him $30 million a year, they could tolerate being taxed on 12 of it and paying $24 million, you know, paying an extra $12 million. That they could have done. They were willing to go 45 or something like that for a year. They're not going 80. That was that contract was on the table before Strowman signed. This changes it. I just I don't see it. I I truly do not see it. Snell is not going to be a Yankee. It's not going to happen. There's a chance they trade for Bieber. I don't see that much either. They're heading into this offseason with the rotation. And never mind the fact that they also have gotten a glimpse, and I'm not saying they should put too much stock in it. I might have a little fun with it on an overreaction Tuesday, uh, and, and I am excited about the way Rodon's looking and pitching and throwing 97 miles an hour. But they, they, you know, in a way, they do have a view of him right now in camp looking as good as he looks, and suddenly the impetus to get that second starter feels a little bit less every day that Rodon continues to look the way he's looked early on in camp. I'm, again, you can't read too much into it and just lock it up three days in, but he did come in in great shape. He is already throwing 97 miles an hour, and you feel better about it at least. I just can't – I don't see any way the Yankees pony up the cash. 
I just don't see it. If they were going to do it, they were going to do it before they signed Stroman. It was one or the other. They weren't getting two pitchers. Plus, I think they like, you're going to take out Nesta Cortez out of the rotation. You're going to take out Clark Schmidt. Now, by no means am I saying those guys are better than Snell, but I think they got those guys locked in. Like, I just, I don't see it. I really don't. I'd be very surprised if Snell's a Yankee. I hope I'm wrong because I want a World Series this year desperately, and that gives them a better chance. But I just don't see 40 extra million dollars. I don't see 30 extra million dollars. I don't see it. And I don't see Snell taking some weird long-term with opt-outs. Like, that's what it would have to be. It would have to be a nine-year deal, $20 million a year or something like that, $22 million a year, and then they're, own, then they're paying, you know, $40 million for one year. I think maybe they'd be willing to do that, maybe be willing to pay 40 And then you'd have to give Snell opt-outs after every year so that he could opt out and make more money. Because he's not going to want to continue to only make $20 million a year. So it's like, all right, we'll give you a nine-year deal, you know, $180 million, opt out after every single year. Like, if that weird kind of contract happens, maybe Snell could be here. But not going to happen. Baseline underneath, bank shot. No, Ewing slams in the follow. And the Knicks go up by one with 26 seconds remaining. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The buzzer sounds, and the New York Knickerbockers are going back to the NBA Finals. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Another 10 minutes to the warm-up show, 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you on the fan on this Tuesday morning. I won't be with you in the overnight uh, tomorrow. I will be uh, filling in for Sal with BT in the midday. So no overnight tomorrow, and then I'll catch you uh, Wednesday at 10 a.m. with BT. Looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll get into some Yankees, and I've been alerted. uh, Hopefully BT doesn't know this. Uh, I doubt he's listening at 4.50. Um, but um, someone alerted me to the fact that he was calling me out the other day, so I don't think he's going to be able to surprise me. But was very upset that I didn't know who uh, Mike Pagliolo. Mike, oh, Mike Pagliolo. Oh, I can never say even say his name. Let's just call him Pags, third baseman of the Yankees in the eighties. Yes, I was unaware for a brief moment. It was two thousand seven. Bob Usler, Mister Met, said something about Pags. Uh, we, 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 you know, we would go back and forth. Once he found out I was a Yankee fan, we went back and forth, you know, yelling. You know, he, you know, he got the better of it early on. I was afraid to, you know, I'm just getting my foot in the door here. So he says something about Pags, and I was like, "Who?" And he, he I, I'll never forget the look in his face. He was like, "What? What? What? What?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who you're referencing." And he was like, third baseman for the Yankees, 1984." I'm like, "Oh, sorry, I don't know." As my, I'm, if you played before, you either had to be on championship teams, be an absolute superstar, or play when I was alive for me to really, at that point in time. So, yes, I did not know who Pags was. I wasn't that aware of the 1984-85 other than, you know, Don Mattingly and Dave Winfield and Ricky Henderson. Wasn't on my radar. And, you know, Bob killed me, and I guess Sal must have known because I haven't mentioned this in a long time. Or if ever, on air. I guess Sal had heard this story, probably from Bob, and brought it up to BT. So yes, I was unaware. And we'll have to get into it on Wednesday. Sounds exciting. 
Bring Yankee hot stove right to middays. Can't stop me. Can't stop me. 877-337-6666. Jacob in Pennsylvania. What's up, Jake? Hey, C-Mac. Top of the bunny, man. Top of the bunny, you. <laughs> <laughs> you get the greatest callers. Dude. You guys uh, me I know. Nothing like that. Oh, I hate, I hate the McRib. I have to say the tops of the buttons are delicious. There you oh, go. man. Quick, quick movie that everyone will agree with. Okay. Titanic. Yes. Titanic, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Titanic does make me cry. I do have a, a theory about Titanic that um, part of the movie bothers me. I'll give it to you real quick. Um, the the, the thing about Titanic that bothers me is at the end of the movie, when I'm when when Rose, as an old woman, passes away. I'm assuming that's what it is. She's passed away, and now she's gone to the afterlife or whatever, and she's on the Titanic again with Jack. And there's, you know, she's walking towards Jack to spend eternity, right? That's what we all assume. And what right. bo- what bothers me is throughout the the whole movie, she's with her granddaughter. That means that she spent, she married someone else, had a life with some other guy. She she had children, grandchildren, experienced a whole new a whole life with some other guy. He's waiting in the afterworld for when his wife passed away to be reunited yet again. And she goes and has like, and she's like, "Oh, I'm spending eternity with the guy I had a fling with on a boat once." Like it just <laughs> it, it bothers the hell out of me. I feel bad I for the. Hu- I feel no, bad. Right. I feel bad about the husband that spent his whole life with Rose, building a, a life together, and then she dies, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm going. I met this guy on a boat once. We spent a weekend together. It was very memorable." And so, uh, you know, I'll see you. Like that pisses me off. <laughs> it's kind of that was kind of like the Notebook, if you think about it. Another sad movie. No, yeah, the Notebook yeah. is a devastatingly sad movie. I mean, because it also yeah. reminds us of our own. Uh, you know, mortality, and God forbid, like oh, that happens to one of us or our loved ones. Can you imagine that? Little terrible, terrible stuff. Tough. Terrible disease. Tough to watch. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, real quick, Yankees, though. Um. Yes. Um. I think we should all be very excited about what Stanton was saying today, and um, yeah. or the news that came out recently. I, I, you know, what? No one's talking about him, and I think it's kind of pissing him off. And I, and yeah, listen, I want to see what he what he brings to the table. Yeah. Not only no one's talking about him, people have written him off. Stanton will not be a, a a big part of this team. The Yankees will be better served the second he's no longer on the roster. That's the thought process. And listen, I'm not here to tell you that thought process is 100% faulty. Maybe they're right. Uh, how could I not be open to that idea? But I do like what he said. I do. I like that he was pissed off by Stan, that, that, by Cashman's comments and worked to try and stay healthy. I do like what he's done, trying to be a little bit leaner and a little bit more flexible and work on that kind of thing and staying healthy and keeping his legs fresh. I love that he said he wants to be a baseball player again. He's not someone who said, you know what, I'm going to try and stay healthy. I'm going to sit in the box and try and hit 40 home runs a year because I know I can do that. I don't, you know, That's not what he wants to be. He wants to be a baseball player at 34 and worked his ass off to change. Not only This isn't a guy who sl- you know, lost a couple pounds. I feel like he changed who he is as a person for crying out loud physically and then i love the comments of i'm not here and i don't get paid to be a stand-up guy because that's exactly what he is he's been a stand-up guy and he has dealt with the slings and arrows of being a high-priced i know he was a trade not a free agent but a high-priced yankee with big-time contract and big-time expense uh, expectations coming here as an mvp and still not winning a championship after being all the, through all, all these years, booed on opening day by a bunch of fools on his first game ever in Yankee Stadium because he struck out five times. And just dealing with the failures and the injuries and the inconsistencies with more class and, and, and less complaining than any player in the history of the Yankees. But that's not why he's paid. He's paid to produce. He's paid to win championships. And he's been 
a failure in that regard. And he recognizes it more than you do. And I'm, I, I, I opened the show with it, par, partially, among other things Yankee-related. I am rooting for Giancarlo Stanton harder than I've rooted for any Yankee in my lifetime. I, I think this is a guy we all should get behind. Now, if he fails, I'm open to moving on from him. If come June or July, he's hitting 190, see ya. But that's the reality of it. But I am rooting for him to be a devastating piece of this lineup because Soto, Judge, and Stanton sounds pretty intimidating to me if they could ever make it work. Mike in Staten Island, what's up, Mike? Yeah, how you doing, Chris, man? There are two quick things. Okay, yeah. uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, how much longer do you think they're going to be playing in Brooklyn with all the troubles? How long are they going to be in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm, we're going rapid fire here. I don't see any reason. I'm sorry to do that to you, but we're rapid fire here, and I got some calls up. I don't see any reason why they'd move on from Brooklyn. Uh, I'd have to check the lease, but I don't. I, you know what? Because they're losing, yeah. hasn't been a problem. The, the Jets have stayed in New Jersey. Uh, Dan, Dan. I'm sorry, Fleeks. Uh, that was needless. Uh, Danny and Glenn Cove. What's up, Danny? Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm just listening to your. Uh... Uh, movies all night long and just had a couple of movies here. One of Real which quick. is The Killing Fields. The Killing Fields? Why do I feel like I know it but I can't it's put my finger on it? About a guy who was in uh, the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia and he makes his way back to the New York Times and at the end of the movie he hooks up with uh, which Sam Waterston from the uh, um, the oh. series that's on TV. The yeah, Law and Order the, series. Yeah, Law and Order. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay. But um, but when they meet up at the end, it's just if you, you can't uh, shed a tear on that, it's like you're not really alive kind of thing. Yeah, but, no, there are movies like that are like that where you just you can't imagine anybody not reacting to it in an emotional way. We're emotional people. Duke and Bayside, what's up, Duke? Hey, real quick. Um, that's the ticket with Andy Garcia. It's not an actual sports movie, but it is about betting and stuff. Joe Frazier plays a part. And it's real sad when he passes away in the movie. Andy Garcia is a yeah. ticket scalper. Basically. What I've learned about people with this topic, and it was an interesting one to say the least, and it was it got more more of the show than any other of these side topics I've decided to go with. You guys will pull movies out of the woodwork that nobody's ever heard of. These movies that make you cry connect to you. Well, hopefully the Yankee season doesn't make us cry. That's all I know. And hopefully I'm not crying that Stanton's hitting 170 come July and we have to get rid of him. But it's very likely. All right. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. Fleegs, thanks for the help. Five hours on our five-hour midnight ride has come to its end. Enjoy your Tuesday. I'll see you Wednesday at 10 a.m. Alongside BT. Looking forward to filling in for Sal. It's going to be fun. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to go home, and I got the kids at home. I'll sleep a little bit. We'll figure out something to do. That's my life, and I love it. I love my boys. So everybody, do the same if you have the opportunity. Take care. I'll catch you again Wednesday, 10 a.m. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the warm-up show. It's coming up next. I'm out of here. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.